0: Too late for Mama, Brenda Farsi. Let's talk about footballing girls now. The establishment of this footballing girls was aimed at developing grassroots girls football. However... It quickly transformed into an organization dedicated to addressing the different aspects and areas affecting the growth and development of female sports. Let's talk to founder and chairperson of Footballing Girls, also founder of Women in Sports Awards, Munira Ramatula. Munira, thanks for joining us. How are you this morning?
1: Good morning, I'm Well, and yourself? Um, Good morning to the listeners.
0: Well, thanks, and thanks for making time for us. So the establishment of this was uh, very much necessary. We don't need to ask what necessitated it. We need this in the country. But what went into creating this platform and who specifically within the female gender space were you targeting?
1: Look, I was looking at definitely just young girls out there that wanted to participate in sport, well, actually participate in football. But as I got into it, I mean, how I started out was um, I started hosting coaching clinics on a Saturday morning, mm-hmm. just saying any girl can just come through and let's kick a ball around and let's get you into sport. But then I realized these girls don't have equipment, they don't have anything else and I started getting girls from other sporting codes or coaches or women who were involved in other sporting codes and sometimes men saying, you know, we have girls they're playing netball, they're playing I mean, they running, they're playing rugby but um, we need help around how do we then, you know, help them out how do we get them, you know into sports so that we keep them off the streets and um, but I think the turning point for me was um, I used to run a male's club, a mm-hmm. football club, and um, once we hosted a school tournament, and I think it was under 14 girls, but there was a little girl there that was pregnant. And I could see that she was pregnant and she was busy hiding it. And that was like really, really the turning point for me because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I mean, the fact that she was so young and and pregnant and hiding it, surely there was something so traumatic behind all of that, that if we could give and obviously she loved sport, Mm. you know, and that's why she was there. But it was just now trying to find outlets for these girls so that they have something to do. I mean, I work in extremely underprivileged areas. Uh, Not that I don't work with uh, girls from suburbs and stuff because I think there's just issues all around. But um, definitely underprivileged areas and just making sure that girls have equipment, their coaches are, you know, capacitated somehow to deal with very specific issues um, around them.
0: How do you source the the participants in your footballing girls? You uh, you talk about working with underprivileged areas. Do you get into partnerships with uh, even schools and other NGOs?
1: Yes, definitely. You know, initially it was just going out there and just saying whoever wants to get involved. But then what I found was that uh, (laughs) you end up doing everything and everywhere and It's not um, concentrated and you can't really measure it. So it was easier then to say, okay, um, you have a male football club, for instance. If you start a female football club, we'll equipment and assist you with equipment and will assist you with a coaching course, um, you know, and, and help you out. And it's the same with netball, like, you know, where you find, when you drive around and you find girls just playing, but you also want them in a, in a structured environment where it's just not out there in the field and their own kind of thing. So that's why it's easier to go out and then partner with the schools, which is, um, you know, what we've done now with our literacy campaign, and that's worked very well because we're now supporting school libraries in underprivileged areas. Mm. Um but it's just partnering and you are able to measure and build relationships and try and get these people together somehow to get them to network and, and help each other out. Because as much as I have a problem in, in football, for instance, the same problem exists in netball, the same problem exists in hockey, the same problem exists in athletics and in rugby and all those things. So, yes.
0: How do, uh, so where are you based, um, uh, Monira?
1: Well I'm based out in Germiston, but I mean I Germiston
0: Johannesburg, yeah. Okay. okay. Yes,
1: with organizations around the country. Um, yes, yeah, so so, know, so how do
0: people connect with you then? That's great that you are able to connect with everyone.
1: Look, how they connect with us is via our social media. They can contact us on our social media. They can then also send us emails on info at footballinggirls.co.za. A lot of them contact me directly via my personal social media. You know, there's just so many different ways. And I mean, wherever we go out as well. And also via people who've worked with us.
0: And footballing girls spelled F-U-T, bowling F-U-T,
1: yeah, F-U-T.
0: Definitely people need to connect and, and and get a list of the, you know, uh, upcoming tournaments and other gatherings that you have. So let's talk about uh, the success stories that you've seen. I mean, since you started and what has inspired you to keep going. Uh, let's share some of that. Obviously not all, but some. <laughs> I know <there's>, there, there <laughs> must be a few. <laughs> yeah. there,
1: there definitely is, you know, Um Having started out, we've had a few girls that then went on to play for for national teams and still do up awesome. to now, like, you know, where... Um, you know, there's a a young girl who's now playing for, like, I don't like to name them and stuff because, uh, you know, and I mean, we've got girls that are playing now in the Varsity Cup because I also work with universities where we're able to assist these girls with scholarships and and, um, sports bursaries and stuff, you know. There's a few girls at TAX, there's girls out at TUT, there's girls, you know, out in some, at what, NWU Val, you know, different universities that then get in and they're able to further their careers or, I mean, you know, they're not all going to play for national teams in the sport that they participate in, but at least they get an education out of it, which they wouldn't necessarily have gotten. Because Mm -hmm. yes, as much as NASFAs exists and stuff like that, there's so many other challenges that come with that, you know. Um, I mean, we've also worked with boys as well, but it was more predominantly girls. And there were a few boys who went on to play professional football you know we we've supplied them with equipment over the years especially soccer boots and yeah so you know mm. i mean when i look at our uh, our women in sports awards which i mean literally started out of me winning an award a g sport award in 2017 mm. um there's so many goals that we've discovered that you know brought to the fore um and helped them understand you know the power of recognition and helped them understand so many different things but also discovering so many different women out there and young girls and creating role models in these communities so that, you know, if somebody comes from my community and from my circumstances, it's easier for me to connect with that person and understand that I can be more and I can do more. And my circumstances don't define me. You yes. know, I mean, we've discovered world champions out in um in the West End that nobody has ever spoken to or known about, because there's just so much that happens in women in sport that we don't really—it's um, not really out there, you mm. know. So uh, for for me especially, it's creating that—that that it shouldn't just be Munira out there; it shouldn't just be the usual faces that you see. We need to bring the next generation in, you know. Um, Absolutely. And, and we need to know who they are. You can't be winning a gold medal or be, I'll be a world champion in karate for instance, after eighteen years at South Africa actually got a gold medal and nobody's speaking to you, nobody knows about you, nobody is getting you out there and giving you the platform that you need. So through the Women in Sports Awards we get to do a lot of that. Um, you know, and just identifying because our women in sports mm. awards work very differently in that we host them in the different, um, the five different uh, regions of housing. Mm. And, you and know, we'll and definitely
0: catch up on that. Uh, definitely have yes. a lot of topics to cover with you. But thanks so much <laughs> for, for joining us today, Munira. So we can connect Thank with you, you as well on social media because we need yes. to get in touch with uh, women in sports awards over and above footballing. So it's just your name?
1: Yes, it is.
0: As the handle. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Listen, you are the person of the week, not just the person of the day. Oh,
1: wow. (laughs) So
0: thanks again for joining us and and all that you do. And congratulations on that 2017 award as
1: well. Thank you, Asanda. Thank you very much.
0: Munira Ramatula is founder and chairperson of Footballing Girls, also founder of Women in Sports Awards. Hey, Let's see the action of the things that we want to see happen in our society happening and the people who are doing it and then talk about it uh, and uh, connect you with the people who are doing what needs to be done.